From the south side of Chicago to one of the most sought-out celebrity hairstylists, entrepreneur, author, and now award-winning, Emmy award-winning stylist, Angela Christine is here to share a conversation with us at Black Hollywood Live. The interview is up next. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. What's up, everybody? I am your girl, Carmen, and I'd like to welcome you to the Black Hollywood Live studios for today's conversation with the one and only Emmy Award-winning hairstylist, Angela Christine. Welcome to the studio, Angela. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm it's so a pleasure ha- to be here. Yes, I'm so happy and excited to have you in the building. It has been a pleasure to watch the rise of your career. Thank you. Um, and I just wanted to bring you in to talk about it. Yes. I yes. like to talk, so let's do it. Let's down. do it. Now, <laughs> um, there are a lot of legendary people that you and I probably grew up, you know, looking up to. And we followed in their footsteps. But I strongly believe that there's a new um, cult of uh, legends cropping up from a new way of doing things. Millennials, like we have a different way of being inspired. We have a different um, set of rules and guidelines kind of to follow. And I like to call you guys the leaders of a new school because things are different than they were when we were, you know, kids and being uh, inspired. So I wanted to invite you here to kind of tell the, the story of your journey from Chicago to Hollywood. And maybe you can offer some advice to the people who are looking up to you who want to follow in your footsteps now. Ah, dang, that's crazy. I like that you said that, though, because I was just talking to somebody about um, millennials and, like, the rise of, like, social media. And honestly, like, I feel like our generation was the first generation to kind of be young enough to adapt. Yes. But old enough to remember when a time that was much simpler. Exactly. And so we kind of have the best of both worlds, um, so to speak. And so when it comes to, like, my career specifically, when I first started doing hair... Um, there was no Instagram. Exactly. And there was, there was Facebook and I definitely, one of my friends makes fun of me because mm-hmm. I, I changed my name on Facebook to Angela Hot Hairstyles. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she would always <laughs> add extra words like, okay, Angela Hot New Hairstyles yes. or Angela Hot yes. Hairstyles on the, on the planet. And I'm like, that's not my, that's not my Facebook name. Stop it. You know, but mm-hmm. I was just like playing around trying to advertise and, and bring attention to myself in those early days, yeah. you know, um, and then Twitter became big and my, my, one of my clients like forced me onto Twitter. Mm-hmm. She was like, you need to start tweeting and putting out hair tips and all that back in Chicago. And I was kind of like, okay, I guess. So she set up my Twitter account. Yeah. We were kind of like in the middle of a technology revolution. Exactly. Where we have access to things that, um, weren't available a few years ago. Right. You know, even a few right. years ago. Right. So I wanted you to kind of share your story through that journey of this new age of technology and a new way of doing things. Like, we aren't looking at hair magazines for inspiration exactly. anymore. Exactly. But when I... Um when I decided to go to cosmetology school, we were looking at hair magazines, and it was like the chicks from St. Louis with the swoops and the flips and mm-hmm. all that. Exactly. You know, it was with like the... you just got excited to get published in that one little picture be yes. in the magazine full of like thousands of hair photos. And well, let's take it back. Let's let's take it back to the very, very, very beginning because I don't want to skip anything. What is your earliest, earliest memory of falling in love or being in love with hair? So, you know how kids used to, like, love going to, like, Toys R Us or, like, Chuck E. Cheese? I love going to the beauty supply. 
<laughs> like I used to be like, oh, can we please go to the beauty supply store? It was just so colorful, and I just love looking at all these random products. And I used to always buy a pack of like the synthetic hair yes. and like figure out ways to like add it into my doll's hair and then eventually into my hair. And then I started buying like cheap track hair and by like sixth, seventh grade, I was doing like feather ponytails and like you know right. learning how to really do things. Is so that how you got good? You, yeah, you, my friends would let me try stuff on them. Shout out to my girl Danielle. You know, like I used to always do her. She'd be like, you could do hair. Yeah. I used to use like a um, uh, eyebrow razor and do like my feather cuts with the eyebrow razor. Yes. And I just loved going to the beauty supply. I spent all of my little extra money there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I probably had toys and stuff. Like I had dolls, but I really cared about hair. Like I, I just like- loved it from an early age. Like it was hair all over the house. You know, like <laughs> they it. just accepted the fact that I just was in love with hair and like mixing products and you know understanding like that gel did one thing and oil did one thing and if you put water in there then your hair would do something else so you put pink lotion in it it would do something else and so it was definitely like you know street knowledge as far as understanding hair but I got really comfortable with just touching it and playing with it and manipulating it and so yeah, I've always had an affinity and a love for hair. It sounds like it was a calling almost. It was. Yeah. It was definitely a calling on my life. Um, I'm very thankful for that because I know some people go go through life not really knowing what to do. That's true. And so and I'm I very touch on blessed to, to have been so clear, mm-hmm. you know, very early on. Um, and I don't discredit, you know, college or the traditional route. But after I did my first year of college, I just went to my mom and I was like, listen, like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm OK with going back to school, but I just think I should go to cosmetology school. Is that when you knew is did you know beforehand or is that when you kind of knew that um, this is what you wanted to do with your life? Because a lot of people have hustles like my mama told me how to do nails. So right. She was like, you gonna go get you a job and you can make me some money. Right. But I didn't know if I wanted to be like a celebrity nail tech. So when, like, when did you know, like, here's what I'm going to do with my life? So, um. I'm a huge advocate for, like, if you do have a side hustle, is getting the education behind making it a professional Mm -hmm. career. Because the things that you think you know about hair, you know, if you don't go to school, once you go to cosmetology school, you learn that everything you thought you knew you don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's all wrong. And you learn the science behind why you make decisions and not just looking at the hair thinking, okay, well, if it's doing that, like, let's just throw a perm in it. You know, like, that's mm-hmm. completely incorrect. So once I went to such an established school that had all these resources, you know, then my mind was just like, do, 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 Like, I can do anything and everything. I can live in another country and do this. Mm-hmm. I can. I actually went to Italy through my school. They had, like, this program where they would go to a different country every year. And so the year that I was coming in, they were doing the Italy trip. And my mom was like, well, let's do it. Like, I think you should go. So I went and we learned, like, cutting techniques in Italy. And we learned, we sat in in the middle of a photo shoot. And we just, like, took notes on how they were doing a shoot. And so it it broadened my horizon from the very beginning of my professional start Mm -hmm. um, to know that, like, wow, like, I could pretty much go anywhere and do anything. But being from Chicago, you just think, okay, you work in a salon, you own a shop, um, you know, maybe you, you know, work with a product company. I at least understood, like, there was an education component that I could be a part of, but mm-hmm. it was really just those three things, and or you become a cosmetology school teacher. And so... It was nice to know that there were other aspects outside of what was in front of me available. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I was planning on taking those. I'm so happy you brought that up too. 
because what advice a lot of people's parents put pressure on them like you need to finish of course we all want to have a high school education at least right but like you need to go to college you need to finish college but there are some people who have passions that they feel like maybe they don't match a college education so what advice would you give a girl who's right there in your shoes with the shoes that you were in where you're like you know what I'm 17, 18, I know what I want to do with my life, but what do I do about my education? Do they Should they go straight into hair school? Would you suggest college? Like, What would you, advice would you give them? Um, I think it's a few things to think about when it comes to that. Number one, like, can you afford um, to spend money on college or go in debt? You know, going to college first. Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, I would get a trade, and then I would put myself through school after utilizing my trade. Just because, you know, it's being in debt right now is not the move. You know what it's I mean? Not. So if you can have a trade under your belt that always feeds you and and helps pay your bills, I would do that first. Now, what I will say about college is, the people who are the most successful in the long term, they have a college degree. Or they have had some college, mm-hmm. maybe not even a degree, but I've had three years of college mm-hmm. before and after cosmetology school. So I credit my, you know, continuing education to my my success in the long run because I was able to, number one, um, promote myself mm-hmm. professionally. That's not something you learn in cosmetology school. And if you don't learn how to write specifically for the professional world, you're kind of limited. Mm -hmm. But then also, too, just the rationalization of things, you know, handling finances, all those things you kind of learn more in college, depending on what classes you take. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are a lot more helpful there. So I definitely think it's important to do both. I didn't graduate. I still have aspirations to get my degree. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do credit my success to having a little bit of both. You okay. Know? So um, in terms of, of taking that education and putting it into the real world, what should an early stylist, like what type of space should an early stylist be looking to work in? Like, should you work at home? Should you get your own salon suite? Is mentorship really important? Yeah, definitely. I speak about this a lot. Um, for newer stylists, I definitely think you should be around people who intimidate you. So mm. you should be working around some of the best people in the industry that you are close enough to that will hire you. And if you don't get hired there, you need to try to get hired there, you know, because that's going to strengthen you in ways that you will not even know Mm -hmm. until you're in that atmosphere of success. And that's what really will, will set the tone. It's the education, but then it's also being around a certain type of people. If you're, if you're in an atmosphere where everybody is getting money, you are naturally going to get money. If you're in an atmosphere where everybody understands color and they understand how to speak technically about certain terms, then you're going to be speaking technically about those terms. If you put yourself in an atmosphere where you are the best, but you're a beginner, you're not going to have a bright future because mm-hmm. <laughs> you, there's nobody making you feel uncomfortable and, and pushing you past your own limit. Exactly. If you're in, in, at home, you know, you're just doing what you think is the best option, but nobody's like, hey, you know, there's a better way to do that. There's nobody over your shoulder to, you know, guide you and, and definitely like tell you that was wrong or that was whack or, you know, mm-hmm. you need that in mm-hmm. the beginning. It's definitely a statement that if you're in, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You so, need to exit that room and go into another one. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of exiting one place and going into another, this is a good time to ask you, was L.A. or leaving Chicago always a part of your plan? Like, did you always see yourself taking it further or did you think that you would just be like a salon owner? 
No, I'm a Chicago girl at heart. I always thought that I was going to live in Chicago. My kids were going to grow up in Chicago. And it was just going to be Chicago to the world blow up. Like, that's 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 how I go. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. So it wasn't actually until I went on a little weekend vacation. I came to L.A. Mm -hmm. And um, I was just inspired by the young people around me that were like, yeah, I'm just going to write this film. You know, I'm just going to yes. get signed. I'm be I'm a, I'm an artist and I'm doing this and I got my independent project and mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, like I left New York and I went here and now I'm acting, I'm in movies and it was just a lot of that. And I was like, we the same age. So I mean, if y'all doing all this cool shit, like I want to do it too. Yes. So <laughs> I just it was just a quick pivot. But you know what's mm-hmm. funny is that my clients in Chicago, they spoke success over my life when I didn't see that for myself but I was comfortable with like you know getting into the real estate industry you know being successful at doing hair I was already a platform artist which is basically a a hairstylist that works with a brand Mm -hmm. and travels and talks about the 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 product and teaches about it on stage Mm -hmm. or in classes you know so I was already doing that and I enjoyed that um, and then, yeah, I was like, I'll either own a salon or I'll just keep bamboo for and stack my money, buy properties, mm-hmm. you know, and just build wealth. I wasn't necessarily like, oh, I want to be this hairstylist that's doing this with this. But once I went to L.A. and I saw that these were new possibilities for me and my clients would be like, I could see you working on celebrities. And I'm like, really? OK, well, that's yes. nice. You know, um, it all kind of just came together in that yes. moment. And I was like. This feels good. I'm going to just go. Yeah. So don't be afraid to relocate. Don't be afraid to get out of your box and go somewhere different. Do yeah. Something different. Just don't be afraid to pivot. Like mm-hmm. if you saw yourself doing one thing and it turns out you like this new groove that maybe came out of nowhere, follow that because yes. you never know where that could lead. And it, it might be something equally amazing, if not better. Yes. You know? Speaking of coming out of nowhere, you land in L.A. and seemingly overnight. It seems like you found yourself the star of a reality television show. Tell us about that. Yeah, yo, that whole my whole first year here was nuts. Like <laughs> it was it was literally like I got off the plane, I got a job in a week, you mm. know, with no connections. I did not know anybody. It it all goes back to professional writing. Like how do you write your resume? How do you present your bio? How do you present your portfolio? And all these things were before Instagram. So it mm-hmm. wasn't like somebody could just click a link and look at all these pictures or whatever and decide if I was good. So it was really about setting myself up professionally in a way that I set myself apart. So needless to say, I got a job straight away, no connections, no hookups. It was just purely off my grind and my level of like, Hey, hire me. Like I'm here. I got my license. I switched it over to the California, you know, like I'm here, whatever. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. get my job working with Kim Kimball. Shout out to her. Um, amazing hairstylist has worked with everybody in the industry. Um, and then, yeah, because I was affiliated, like I was saying, everything kind of just catapulted from there. So mm-hmm. I started working with a lot of celebrities that came through there because they were either her clients or they were familiar with her salon. Um, and so it was just a new world. It was a learning curve. It was a new world. It was all that. And then shortly after I was there, producers were like, oh, well, they she was like, well, producers, they I've been talking to these producers. They want to do a show on me, you know, and about my salon. And so would you be down to do it? And I'm like. I guess so. Hey, right. I, I mean, not? I'm That's here. I like, right. right. <laughs> I don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it all kind of just sat in my lap. I, I wasn't looking for fame. I wasn't looking for, I wasn't looking for anything but success. You yes. know, in the general term, it wasn't like I wanted 
you know, I, I didn't want a certain thing. I just knew I wanted to be in the mix. Yeah, yeah, I just decided, like, okay, if I'm going to be out here, it's got to be worth it. So who out here is making it worth it? Yes. Okay, hire, boom. Alignment. Yeah, but I got hired at a lot of really good, reputable places. I'm thankful that I decided to go with Kim, but... Mm-hmm. I wasn't looking at just some random salon on, you know. You were specific. Yeah, like, I was I very. Need to be around it was like Beverly Hills. It was like TV associated salons. It was like you know stylists who had like huge rosters of like major clients, and I was willing to, you know, assist because even though I I came from Chicago, I had a booming clientele. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was making great money. I knew that I had to relearn everything. I had to be humble, and so. Yeah, I, I just decided that was the right move, and it paid off. Humble is a really cool word um, because I, you know, got to witness the contrast in your real life and then what reality TV can kind of spin. And I kind of want to take this opportunity to talk about adversity because no one's career, no one's success, no one's journey comes without what I like to call opposition or um, adversity. Now, I knew, like, in real life what your day-to-day was like, right? Right. Friends, we kicking it. But then we would watch the show, like, wait a minute. That never happened. It was one particular show where um, you went to go visit family because there were important family things happening. And the, the show made it seem like you didn't show up for a client. And we're like, wait a minute, that's not true. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's always it's always something that you have to overcome. There's always some sort of adversity or something that seems like it wants to work against you or stop you or maybe paint a picture about you or whatever it is, something that you need to overcome. What are your techniques and your tactics and how did you get through that adversity and say, I'm not going to let this break me? Um, I... I definitely feel like I let it break me gradually. <laughs> like mm. it was hard. Anytime mm-hmm. you sign up to do reality, you just have to be prepared for producers and production like deciding that like what your regular life is is not good enough. It needs to be crazier, spicier. Mm-hmm. You need to be doing something that's more ruthless and you mm. need to be, you know, so whatever it was I was given, they were like, Well, let's crank it all the way up here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and actually my mom was undergoing chemotherapy for breast cancer. Yes. She had stage either stage two or stage three. I can't remember, but thankfully she's a survivor. She's good. Nothing's going on. She's actually in South Africa right now kicking yes, it. Mom. So <laughs> yes, but mom. That was my first year in L.A. Mm-hmm. My mom's diagnosed with breast cancer. I get asked to be on a reality show. You know, I was just juggling a lot of things from a lot of different places. And with her blessing, she asked me to stay. But I felt compelled to always fly back and forth. So I was flying back and forth from Chicago to L.A. every two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Dealing with, you know, supporting my mom. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, financially, I was trying to support her, too, because she wasn't able to work during that time. And so... I was juggling a lot of different things, you know, at once. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if y'all realize this, but when you also do reality, you ain't really making no money like that. So Mm -hmm. you got to you have to be a slave to like the hours of a reality, you know, contract and then still get your money outside of that Mm -hmm. and do your own hair and makeup, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and try to, you know, look like and be like something on camera. So Mm -hmm. I was drained. I was depleted. Um, And I think some of what people did see was just my emotions on a high from everything I was juggling at once. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But when it comes to like adversity, you kind of just get through it. I mean, now at this point, like that was 10 years ago. almost. Mm-hmm. It's wow. crazy to say, but at this point, like That's I meditate, crazy. I drink tea. I mm-hmm. like, you know, go for a run, work mm-hmm. out. I'm, I'm, I did a lot of working out back then. So I think that was one way I dealt with it. Um, I think back then I just would like vent to my friends and, you know, try to talk to people who were understanding and supportive of me. And that reminded me of like why I'm doing this and how far I was, I had come. Um, but honestly, you know, you don't know how you're going to act or what you're going to do when you in certain situations and, mm-hmm. and people are trying and testing you. So that's true. I was tried and I was tested and. Even though I'm here today and I'm like hella zen, like mm-hmm. I was not zen then. So I actually just made great TV because of it. It nice. was like, what the fuck you did, bitch? Was it worth it? Um, was a total like in totality yeah. was being on the show worth it? I would say, yeah. I, I have no regrets about anything that I've done in my life. You know, everything has been a learning lesson and a stepping stone, and I'm just blessed to be able to say I'm still here. Yeah, but. I, would I do some things differently? Yes. Would I do the show again? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. But um, I would probably just be a lot more mindful of how they were using me. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm sassy. I'm fun. I'm mm-hmm. cool. Like, I, I got all of those vibes, but I think they, I was aware that they were going to use my, like, sassiness, but I didn't know how much. And then not show any other facets of me, so I just looked like a bitch. Like I just looked like not really. You to not really because some of the stuff was kind of called for. They were doing ridiculous things. Like it, you know, it, it was a lot of you know hairdressers or hairstyle hair uh, salons can be a little. But I'm not. Shady. I'm not really shady like that. If right. I am, it, that's why I said they painted a picture. And right. Now you have to deal with it in real life. Right. And so I think a lot of people are like, oh she, oh she, man. And so then I, I feel like I was overcompensating for looking shady so I was trying to become really really nice okay but then it's like that ain't all the way me either so, so. balance it's okay to have a little of this and a little of that but balance helps you keep it all together yeah yeah mm-hmm. for sure so we saw you working with Eve on the show yeah was was um LA hair your gateway into celebrity styling LA hair wasn't my gateway into celebrities but Kim Kimball and her affiliation in her salon mm-hmm. was my gateway to mm-hmm. working with celebs so I had been, I had worked with Eve multiple times thanks thanks to being an employee there mm-hmm. and so when the show was like can you guys get celebrities I asked her because I felt the most comfortable with her like mm-hmm. you know she had like given me clothes before and we nice. had been to Australia and like you know I felt like she was the most down to earth and I was like well I you know you don't have to if you have anything in LA you don't have to pay me we're doing a show I want to just be able to style your hair show my work on television mm-hmm. and so that turned into like the nemesis of <laughs> the show like my actions around that turned into like the biggest talking point on the show, which mm-hmm. I, in hindsight, I should have done that a different way. But at the time, I didn't think it was a big deal because I had already been working with her. So why not ask her? And I wasn't making no money off of it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was taking anything away from anybody. But, you know, it, things you don't realize will affect people do sometimes. And you got to you got to be prepared Some for it. Some stuff you can only learn by living. Right. Some stuff you don't even know what to do till you're faced with it. And then you can look back in hindsight and say, okay, and now like, my oh, vision is 2020. Dang, exactly. exactly. So hindsight is always 2020. Yeah, it happens <laughs> to the best of us. Trust me. There's no way that we can mention you working with Eve without mentioning that you are the 2019 recipient of the best hairstyling team Emmy for the talk. Yes, thank Congratulations, you. Congratulations, boo. Thank you. I mean, that is so amazing. 
Yeah, so fast forward. I yes. mean, look at look at is I always say that it's always like a rainbow on the other side of the storm. There's always sunshine after the rain. And yeah. years later never. you won an Emmy with Eve. Same person, yeah. Same I would have never anticipated that it. God is like so good and so real. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like I have a love hate relationship with doing hair. Especially really? doing it in LA. Mm-hmm. It's cool or whatever, but you know, once you are doing it for so long and what the at, at the velocity that I've been doing it, you get burned out. So you mm. have to kind of find ways to like reinvent or find ways to you know make your passion still be as pat you know still mm-hmm. be as, as great as Fiery. it was, right? Yeah. You know. Um, and so for me, my way of doing that was to do other things like consulting, you know, working with brands, traveling, doing that kind of thing. Um, I wasn't really into just like styling hair and clients. And I don't really feel like working with celebs is my thing. Okay. I'm not like the most. Like you said that in my intro and I appreciate mm-hmm. it, but I'm not the most sought out celebrity hairstylist. Okay. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm cool with that. Okay. You know, it's so many dope celebrity hairstylists that are killing that lane mm-hmm. but i don't necessarily feel like i have the bandwidth to be on set to set working with a lot of different teams working mm-hmm. with a lot of different personalities and that kind of thing like i actually enjoy more education i also enjoy more um of the creative side of like helping brands in the beauty space like mm-hmm. create something that's memorable is that how you became a serial entrepreneur as you yeah, like to call yourself yeah because i'm not really fully committed to always doing hair like i'm not i'm not the best you know person that's just like gonna give you an extraordinary look in a photo shoot all the time and i'm okay with that like i could do it really excellent with hair care natural right 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 right. take care so my passion is more so giving the right tips and tools to the everyday woman okay my passion is not working with the all the it girls okay and showing all these crazy hairstyles that can be done when you're on the red carpet and you have a team. Like, right. I'm more so, I'm for everybody who can access hair. What should I do when I have this? Or mm-hmm. what kind of hair texture should I get if I want to match with this and I want this type of look? Like, mm. that's who I am. Where's your passion for education? Because you, def- you definitely have a strong streak of passion for education throughout everything that you do. My Where'd mom, that come from? My mom and my grandmother were both teachers. Okay. So I think oh, that, it's in your blood. Yeah, I think it's in my blood. Um, and I applied it to a different field. Okay, but you know sometimes it just comes back around. No matter how much you try to be like, I'm not like you, Mama. Mm-hmm. Like you really just be just like your parents. <laughs> like, you really do. You be, <laughs> you'll be like, Oh, I do that too. That like, is girl. so true. That is so true. <laughs> and so yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm really a hair educator. I'm really okay. passionate about finding as many ways to make that conversation mm-hmm. um, as impactful as possible. Because guess what? Every woman got some hair unless they decide to shave it or, yes. you know, Lord willing, like the, unless they have like a medical condition. Mm-hmm. But the reality is most people have hair. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and they all have issue with it. They mm-hmm. all have something that they're trying to deal with. Mm-hmm. Nobody is the only one that is confused about dealing with their hair. Yeah, I know I was. I actually watched one of your tutorials, <laughs> the half up, half down. Oh, yeah. So this is like the half up, half down. If you guys want to know what I did, you have to tune into her, her YouTube you tutorial. You know tricks of the trade. I be yeah, throwing I'm them out. I be, I'm for I them out. Them out in there today. So I say, okay, I'm grateful for this. So they work, you guys, if you're you know, looking for some styles. Angela has so much stuff that she can educate you on through her YouTube channel. 
Um, let's oh, run down going, this I wanted list. To go, I'm sorry. Okay, I wanted to it. go back to your initial question about okay. the Emmy and getting it. So yes. basically, I was actually working with Russell Simmons. I was consulting on a beautiful, incredible project that I'm really still mourning that it didn't go further. It's tantrous. It was, oh, um, it was amazing. It was a yoga studio combined with a hair salon that I created. Um, combined with a wellness area for like vegan bites and juices and things like that in addition to an apparel line mm-hmm. and that was all in one house and so it was just all this energy towards wellness yes. and self-care and you know hair care and working out it don't really connect and so mm-hmm. that's why he wanted to put a hair salon in the yoga spot so it gave women no reason and no excuses to not sweat it out go get exactly. your hair done right after you know right. and so I was working on that for a little bit almost two years I would say about a year and a half as a consultant and I loved doing it I was still working with customers but it was more like I had my small base of clients and then I was consulting and that was my world Mm -hmm. and so ironically you know when the Me Too movement happened and things kind of got really crazy for him the same week that that things the allegations came out Eve called me and was like hey like i'm in la because she doesn't even live in la like she lives in london Mm -hmm. and whenever we would work together it would be like a Mm one-off you know it wasn't like i was her day-to-day person Mm -hmm. but she's like i'm in la i decided to do this show i'm on this show can you come tomorrow Mm -hmm. and so i thought i was just coming for a day i didn't know if she was doing like a week on this show Mm -hmm. and she was she was able to get me on or something and so i get there not only is russell in the topic of discussion that day but producers are are like yeah so this is monday through thursday Mm -hmm. you know uh, these times are you going to be able to come you were like uh Uh, this is sweeping me away okay Uh (laughs) but i was already in a place where i was pulling back from tantrums because i was coming out with my book and you know things were slowing down it was like around the holiday season and i was like well as a consultant i was like well let's get these things in line and then Mm -hmm. we can restart in january Mm mm-hmm so they kind of already knew that I was like taking a step back, but it all happened like in that same week. It was mm-hmm. like this day, boom, 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 boom. It all like came together. So basically, you know, Tantras ended up closing shortly after because of the investors pulled out. And, you know, the whole Me Too thing, it takes down so many more people than the person that is attacked mm-hmm. or accused, I would say. Mm-hmm. And. It, it took down a whole beautiful startup company that was yeah. breeding so much life and Tantris energy. was amazing. It was, it was, in, it, it was incredible. And mm-hmm. I was blessed to be a part of that in that moment. But that was my way of kind of rebooting my, um, my passion for hair was behind the scenes as a consultant. Okay. And so, yeah, when she called me, I pivoted again and I'm like, okay, well now I'm working on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was able to get in the union, mm-hmm. uh, which there's a union for hairstylists, mm-hmm. um, if you guys don't know, but you have to meet all these requirements and work on set and all that. But when you get requested by a star, you just ease right on in. Mm-hmm. So it was, that was favor. That was nothing but favor. And then that same year that we worked, there is the same year we got nominated for an mm. Emmy. And so it was like, like God, you are working out. I always say that energy doesn't dissipate. When you work hard towards something and you know that it's towards success, it will meet you back on your path as long as you continue to move forward. Oh, right. It will. So we did... Um, they said they submitted a um, a Halloween episode look and we turned Eve into Janet Jackson. It was yes. really fun and cute. 
Um, but that's what won us the Emmy. Was that? that, Yeah, was that? So what did it feel like? You're standing on the red carpet at the Emmys with a trophy in your hand. What was going through your mind? It felt magical. It felt magnetic. It felt like everything that I like dreamt of and more. It felt like all those tough nights. I mean, as a stylist, like you really work a lot. Like mm-hmm. people don't realize that they just think, oh, it's cool. You just, you know, twist a couple of curls and then you on a plane and then you taking pictures. And it's like, no, you are in a bathtub, wringing out wigs, you know, mm. shampoo and combing them out, you know, early call times, you flying somewhere, you got jet lag, you know, you waking up mad early in two, three hours of sleep mm-hmm. and you just going back and forth. And then you're second guessing things and you're not sure if they're going to like it. The client's going to like it. It's all these emotions. You might, you know, you ask for a rate, they don't pay your rate or then they didn't feel like you charging too much and they don't work with you no more. And you're like, dang, I got to go over here and work with these people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so much stress. Mm. Working with clients and then, you know, asking the clients to cancel because you got a job over here and then the clients be mad at you and then you got to try to make up to them and then you got to try to always put out content and da 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 And it just goes on. It's a lot. It's a lot. So it's a lot these that, days. Yes. And so that <laughs> Emmy win, it was like, it was all worth it. Like, ooh, wow, I'm here. It was worth it. You did it. You deserve yes. to be here. What you have to say is valued. Who you are, what you've been doing, what you represent is important. That's what that Emmy win felt like to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what, what it did for other people, but for me, it was like, I'm a girl from the south side of Chicago. I grew yes. up in Roseland with a single mother. You know, I, I've had so much adversity from childhood to adulthood. I have a 25-pound trophy that says Ooh. best hairstyling from the academy okay and so i'm just like i'm still floating on the cloud about that you should be you should be you deserve to be thank you yes thank you let's talk about okay i can't let you get get out of here without mentioning the book but i want to work my way into it because that was so special what you did when thank you wrote you. here but you are like you mentioned a union hairstylist a salon owner a, you own Conscious Curls, which is your hairline. You're an educator. You are a brand ambassador. And last but not least, an author. Yeah. How do you balance all of that? And I don't. You, and you have, a home, you have a personal life. I do. I try to have a personal life. I try to have a social life, too. You know, um, how do we, but how? I don't balance it all. I feel like at some points you give more attention to, to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now... I've been giving more of my attention to like working on TV mm-hmm. um, and then to my salon and like my everyday, you know, women that come mm-hmm. on the regular. Um, and then I promote the book, but not as much as I did when I first dropped it. So okay. now I'm working with a publicist to help give me, um, you know, more more looks because mm-hmm. I'm not really as focused on it. Mm-hmm. Also, Conscious Curls, um, I've had that brand for like three years, but I've been kind of up and down with like, you know, promoting the hair, selling it, and, and figuring out where I'm at with that. But it's it's a brand. It's mine. I love it. Mm-hmm. I donate a portion to a nonprofit. We actually are partnering with a young women's organization called Step Up for this mm-hmm. next quarter. So we'll be donating funds from the hair sales to them nice um but yeah the book was is a passion project mm-hmm. and it was yeah well tell us about what inspired hair um once again in that same passion of always wanting to educate i realized that most clients feel that their hair is bad hmm. most black women feel like they have bad hair unmanageable right mm-hmm. and this is something that 
We feel like that. We, um, we've gotten from childhood. Mm-hmm. I think from childhood to adulthood, there have been certain experiences that women have had mm-hmm. that make them feel like their hair is bad. And so I wanted to try to help the next generation of children and who become women into realizing through affirmations and my words and, and the, the descriptions of our hair that our hair is actually pretty incredible. You know mm-hmm. why? Anytime you get two for one somewhere... <laughs> that's a good deal yes right yes but society has made us feel like one is better and when i say mm. one i mean straight hair mm-hmm. but guess what our hair does two for one actually mm-hmm. 37 things for one okay yes. <laughs> like our hair could do so much stuff and that's really what black girl magic is it's our ability yes. to be able to put braids in our hair that stay yes and then take them down and have a texture that also stays yes and then to wet it or swell it up, let it swell up, and it's a whole different texture then. Yes. But then if you want to put heat back in it again, it silks right out. And yes. it's a whole different set of hair every time. Like, we got the sauce. Yes. And so <laughs> I try to explain that in a child, like, very imaginative way of the same way that you need water, our hair needs at natural oils. Mm-hmm. The same way we take naps, wetting our hair is like a nap. Water is like a nap for our hair. Mm-hmm. The same way that we change our clothes like our hair changes shapes you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and so i wanted to bridge that gap and just make hair relatable you know the same way we start off as babies our Mm -hmm. hair starts off as baby hair you know what i'm saying (laughs) and so that's pretty much how the book goes it goes from a little girl keely being like super sad and wanting her hair to look like everybody else's and her mom Mm -hmm. being like girl i got a secret your hair is alive your hair can your hair be doing stuff and the more you get to know your hair the better you treat it the better it's gonna look and everybody Everybody's going to know you have a great relationship with it because you treat it well. For anyone who's watching this show right now who wants to purchase that book, where can they find it? Um, it's available everywhere online that books are sold. So mm-hmm. Amazon, Target.com, BarnesandNoble.com. If you're a retailer and you're interested in it, um, you can get it from Baker and Taylor. Um, it's pretty much in, anywhere online. If you put in hair by Angela C. Styles, you found it. There it is. <laughs> um, is it every hairstylist duty? to reach a level where they go back and educate like is education and platform speaking is that for everybody um i don't think necessarily front-facing education is for everybody if Mm -hmm. you're not if you're terrified of public speaking then no don't do it i just happen to come from um my parents were actors so i am generationally a thespian and then also my grandmother and my grandfather my grand my mother and my grandmother were teachers so those are two things that just naturally came to me, mm-hmm. you know, the performance element and then being able to have five years of experience being on television shows in the broadcasting, you know, arena. Mm-hmm. I just naturally am good at that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's everybody's talent and skill, okay. but as a professional, I think that anytime you're working with a person, you should be able to say why some, you recommend something. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking to you on a one-on-one level, it should be, no, nah, I don't get that. Okay. It should be don't get that because. Exactly. I want to, okay, I know we have to wrap up soon, but I can't have you here. You are definitely a natural hair care guru in my eyes. Thank you. Um, I don't even trust anybody else to trim my ends or touch. I just (laughs) really don't. I have to go to Angela if it's going to happen. So before I let you get out of here, 
in the spirit of education, for all of us who are at home watching this technology, learning this at-home hair care, and all of this stuff we're doing at home, I need to just run down a quick list of Angie's do's and don'ts. So you tell us if this stuff is okay to do at home or not. And then if we need more education, we know where to find you on YouTube. It's Angela C. Styles. Everywhere. Every platform, Angela C. Styles. Yes. And then your website is also AngelaCStyles.com. Okay, so before we get out of here, really quickly, do's and don'ts. These things we learn on Instagram. Rice water treatments. Have you heard of it? Yeah, it's a do. It's you a can do. do it. Okay. Box perms or box hair color at home? Hell no. That's a don't. <laughs> that's a that's don't. A Any don't. chemical, you need to go to a professional and get it done correctly. Because a lot of those chemicals in the box form are not the same professionally. And they do things to your hair. They alter the texture. They alter the feel. And it's not It's not good It's not good. It's a no. no. It's a no. Trimming your own ends. Um, personally, it's a no for me, dog. I get it. We're all like scared of like letting the stylist do it, but you usually don't get it all. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, you have a really stupid shape. Usually. <laughs> <You do. laughs> um, and then number three, like Sorry. it's a no, it's just let somebody else do let that. Somebody I, as a professional, I can't even accurately trim my ends, but because you trim that, in, a, in a way that's not a cut. And that's what I love about your trims. They, thank you. It's like, you don't feel like you left four inches of hair back it's like wow how did she do that and i still have my length so yeah just just find somebody that you're comfortable with is uh, i mean everybody doesn't do cuts the same mm-hmm. but just no greasing your scalp Greek. No, first of all grease we gotta just grease. let that word go okay put the hair blue magic grease. put the blue magic away okay um natural oils like argon jojoba oil okay. uh safflower seed oil nice. the list goes on and on yes you can use those um, grease is a no. Okay, reflat ironing your hair. Reflat ironing, no. Don't don't reflat iron your hair. Here's why. Quickly, mm-hmm. the natural oils from your scalp after a day or two they start to come out, seep down onto the strand. So if you flat iron your hair after it has, you know, gotten oily naturally, you are cooking the roots of your hair. That's why it smells like popcorn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the only time you should put heat to your hair is when it's perfectly clean, no product. Okay. After that, it's a wrap. Okay. Pin curls, twists, anything, change the texture, um, but do not put heat on it when it's oily. Okay, and last but not least, tight braids and tight cornrows. Hell no, that's alopecia central. You okay. want to be bald, go right ahead. <laughs> but mm-mm. if it hurts, that's one, another thing in my book. Um, I, there's a line where the mom says, as long as the braids don't feel achy or tight, pain mm-hmm. is the hair's way of screaming. This is not mm. done right. Okay. So anytime you feel pain any, in your body, in anywhere, your head, say something. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's the end of my little do's and don'ts for Angela. So thank you for uh, Angela's do's and don'ts. I'm sorry. Thank you for sharing your insight with us on some of these things that we learn on Instagram that we like to go home and do for ourselves with this technology. <laughs> and I definitely consider you a leader of a new school. I think you offer so much insight to people who want to follow in your footsteps. Um, and I'm just really happy to have conducted this interview with you. I'm proud of you. I can't wait to see you win 10 more Emmys. Aw, you know? thank you so much. It's yes. a pleasure. I'm just... I'm just happy to be part of the movement. You know, it's so many dope people doing things, and I'm just glad that I'm able to add my little sprinkle of stuff in there, too. You know, yes. so thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. This was great. And thank you guys very much for tuning in. Until next time, on our next conversation with our next leader of the new school, you can find me on Instagram at king underscore karma underscore. And that's about it. I will see you guys later.
Don't forget to look up Angela. <laughs> On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. <laughs>